Welcome to the weekly podcast at Second Ponce de Leon Baptist Church. My name is Doc Hollingsworth. I'm senior pastor of this great congregation, and we're delighted that you've joined us. Our prayer for you is that as you listen to this message, you might feel closer to God and closer to God's hope for you. Earlier in worship, Eddie Applegate read two passages about the power of the tongue. I'm going to read two more short passages, both from the New Testament, the first from 1 Peter chapter 3. Do not repay evil for evil or abuse for abuse, but on the contrary, repay with a blessing. It is for this that you were called, that you might inherit a blessing. And from Matthew's Gospel, chapter 12, I tell you, on the day of judgment, you will have to give an account for every careless word you utter. My adorable summer days... When school was out, often my next-door neighbor, John, and I would grab a glove each, one ball bat, and about two or three baseballs and make our way walking to Honeysuckle Park on the other end of our neighborhood. I googled it this week. It is .8 miles from my address to Honeysuckle Park, and on the way, we would knock on the doors trying to recruit enough bored 12-year-olds so we could get up some kind of game at the park. Sometimes we would just play all day, stop only long enough to go grab some water out of a green garden hose and go right back at it. But most of the time, the game would end in some kind of scuffle. Somebody got tagged too hard or Somebody said he was safe, that he beat the throw, whatever. And occasionally that tussle would end up with fist and dirt and fat lips and that kind of thing. But more often than not, it ended up just with name-calling, yelling at each other. And then you know how in that angry adolescence, you start crying when you don't even want to and it makes you matter? And then somebody would spit out. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. I know it was real mature. Of course, two days later, we didn't remember who started what, and we'd get the same group of guys back together and divide up teams again and start at it. Two things I wish I knew then that I know now. One, I wish I knew how special how formative, how holy were the moments of becoming that happened with a ball glove and a bruise or two. And I also wish somebody had told me back then, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me, was a lie. I've been far more damaged by words than by sticks and stones. I don't mean to discount in any way the 
serious physical trauma that haunts some of you. Some of you have been very damaged by physical violence, but all of us know what kind of damage words can do. Our scriptures today are kind of a collage, a sampling of several New Testament readings that speak to the power of language and the Christian call for us to be stewards of our speech. Let no evil come out of your mouths, but only what's useful for building up. Do not repay evil for evil, abuse for abuse. On the contrary, repay with a blessing. I tell you, on the day of judgment, you will give account for every careless word you utter. I think some of the newer translations include giving account for every tweet and Facebook posting, too. I'm just not sure. And I know I have probably preached some version of this sermon about ten times during the pandemic. But we all keep saying to each other how tired we are of the deep divides in this country, fueled by the careless speech. We keep sharing with each other our nostalgia about civility. But still, I'm not seeing any real clear distinctions between the Christian community and the rest of the culture. One of our church members sent me a meme this week, one of those passed around Facebook stories, but he sent it as a text message to me this week. The woman in the picture, she is in full-blown road rage because she missed getting through the intersection. The story below says that she was stopped by the police, taken into custody, put in a holding cell, A few minutes later, the officer comes to the holding cell and apologizes to the woman. He said, I'm so very sorry for this mistake. You see, I pulled up behind you, and you were blowing your horn in the car. You were holding up a finger. You were cussing a blue streak. And then I noticed the bumper stickers on the car. What would Jesus do? Follow me to Sunday school. And there's the chrome-plated Christian fish emblem on the trunk. Naturally, I'd assumed you'd stolen the car. (laughs) We're praying for kinder, gentler, and the divides are getting worse. The discourse angrier. And sadly, as the meme story about the not stolen car suggests, church folks aren't always innocent. So maybe we need to keep hearing this sermon till it seeps down in our innards. Because, as James tells us in the passage we heard earlier, whatever's in our innards is what's going to come out of our mouth anyway. This isn't a matter of holding your tongue as much as it's a recognition that our speech reflects what is alive within us. James asks, does a spring pour forth from the same opening both fresh and brackish water? 
Can a fig tree, my brothers and sisters, yield olives or a grapevine figs? If you're you're a fig tree in here, olives aren't coming out of here. The Christian gospel isn't asking us to count to ten, control our temper, serenity now. We're being called to reorient our lives as agents of blessing in the world. So that what comes forth out of our speech reflects the grace that's alive within us. Transformed language comes from transformed hearts. I only have one social media account. I'm on Facebook and most of the time regret that. But this week, just on Facebook, I have heard Christ followers seen on Facebook use these words. Idiots, evil, stupid, morons, and far worse. Politicians have normalized lying, advancing the idea that blatant lies said with conviction and frequency will cause people to believe it. And you and I just can't be part of this mess. The Christ follower who participates in this kind of malignant discourse is just wrong. Even if the stance we take, even if the position is right, the use of language to tear other people down is just wrong. We can argue ideas without being mean. I tell you, on the day of judgment, you will have to give an account for every careless word you utter. Let no evil talk come out of your mouths, but only what is useful for, bear, for building up as there is need, so that your words may give grace to those who hear. Do not repay evil for evil or abuse for abuse, but on the contrary, repay with a blessing. I talked to an Atlanta minister this week. And, and we were on the phone, and we were talking about the, the opportunities and challenges of evangelism in today's Atlanta. In, in a culture that, that uh, mostly gives no nod or regard to any religious expression, or in some cases holds outright hostilities toward the church, faith conversations can be tricky at best. And this friend who's got his hands in several Atlanta area ministries said this to me. I tell people all the time that one of the most effective tools for evangelism is to just be nice. Especially in conversations when you disagree. He said, I know it's a pretty low bar, but right now just being nice to people with whom you disagree is so rare that it opens opportunities for other conversations to follow. What does it say about us that the bar is so low that the Christian can bear witness to the love of God in Christ by being nice 
and not participating in the corporate lies. Another friend this week sent me this note. Maybe we should be less worried about how many people are going into a church and more concerned about what kind of people are coming out of the church. I'll tell you, it hurts. It hurts my heart when I read a Facebook rant that's intended to tear down, belittle, name call, and then I scroll down and see that it was one of us. Let no evil come out of your mouths, but only what is useful for building up so that your words may give grace to those who hear. Words that give grace. So, so far I've only focused on one side of the coin, right? Language does have the power to harm, but language also has the power to bless. For all the ways I've been hurt by somebody's words, I have a thousand more stories and examples of being blessed by words that build up. I'm proud of you. You are valued. You're special to me. You did that really well. Words have power. Do you notice in Genesis, in the creation story, God doesn't wave a wand, God doesn't stir a potion. God speaks. And the waters separate from the earth, and the tadpoles started swimming, and the tulip bulb awakens, and Adam and Eve take breath. God speaks, and the night separates from the day. And coral and cattle and almonds and alpacas and trout and tree frogs all happen because God speaks. God uses language to build, care, create. Words matter. I've seen lives redirected. People saved, vices overcome, marriages restored because somebody said the right thing at the right time. Or somebody heard the right thing at the right time. The author, the author uh, Frederick Beekner, became a Christian through a phrase in a George Buttrick sermon that was not even in the manuscript. Beekner tells the story in his autobiographical work, The Sacred Journey. And then there came one particular sermon with one particular phrase in it that does not even appear in a transcript of his words that somebody sent me more than 25 years later. So I can only assume that he must have dreamed it up at the last minute and ad-libbed it and on just such foolish, tenuous, holy threads as that, I suppose, hang the destinies of us all. Jesus Christ refused the crown that Satan offered him in the wilderness, Buttrick said. But he is king nonetheless, because again and again, he is crowned in the heart of the people who believe in him. 
And that coronation takes place, Buttrick said, among confession and tears and great laughter. It was the phrase great laughter that did it. Did whatever it was that I believe must have been hiddenly in the doing all the years of my journey up till then. It was not so much that a door opened as that I suddenly found that a door that had been open all along, which I had just then stumbled upon. Beekner came to faith, his life changed forever by language. Words have the power to bless. I've seen careers blossom because of the encouragement of an elementary school teacher. I've seen addictions overcome because somebody said, I believe in you. I've seen fathers and sons reunite over the words, I forgive you. I know of a marriage that might end up flourishing because he had the courage to say, I forgive you again. I know a college student not bound for college She had no encouragement, no support at home, but a friend's mom said to her, you have a real talent for drawing. You should do something with that. Words have power. Let no evil talk come out of your mouths, but only what is useful for building up as there is need, so that your words may give grace to those who hear. Amen. Thanks for joining us. If you live in the Atlanta area or visiting Atlanta, come and worship with us in person on Sundays at Second Ponce de Leon Baptist Church.